For some time with family To get away from cares of life And enjoy their company I set my chair down in the sand As the waves rolled at my feet And in the stillness of the moment I heard the Spirit speak to me He said, you see this sand you're resting on it is like the sin of man it's pleasures for a season but death will soon be the end then he focused my attention on the crossing of the way that's when my eyes were open to the vastness of his grace Cry some bitter tears, but through it all. 
he's always been right here. So when I face another valley, I know I can trust his unseen hand. For I know from out of nowhere, here comes grace again. Grace crosses grace. It has no boundaries. It comes from all directions, far as the eye can see. Where sin does abound, God's grace must flow. grace is able to take care of that. Amen. Amen. I just want to say tonight on behalf of the Phyllis family, thank you for allowing us to come by and sing to you. It's amazing how God works, how God works things out. You know, I've, I've watched this meeting online. I've, I've watched it and I've seen it through the years. And we've sung at this church many times, but I'm so thankful that God allowed us to come by and sing to you this week. It's been a blessing for us just to be able to do it. I want to do a song here, and I love the story of the prodigal son. That's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Because no matter how you look at it, some preach he was lost, some preach he was out of the will of God. I don't care how you look at it, he come back. I don't care how you preach it. I like it both ways. Because I can identify with both. <laughs> I was lost one time, and I've been astray a few times in my life. Amen? So I can identify. But I can't help but imagine when that... When that, when that uh, prodigal son was going away that day I can't help but imagine the father walking them down that dusty road and saying son no matter where you go <laughs> no matter what you do you'll always have a place at my house and that's just how God is with us no matter what we do no matter where we go no matter what kind of sin we may get ourselves in we can always find a place at God's house amen so worship as we try to sing this song tonight <laughs> I always had plenty to eat at the table There I'd take my seat at the Father's house I never went hungry Every morning a clean, fresh robe and a pair of shoes Walk me 
down the dusty road I'll never forget the last words I heard my father say You will always have a place here in my house No matter how far you may roam And when your burdens get so heavy From the one who saved me by his grace I leave the fold I wander in darkness It's not long until I find That I'm longing for The peace of mind That comes from knowing Christ His love and forgiveness So I got down on my knees and cried Please help me Lord I pray and I'll never forget those words he said. I promised I'd never, never leave you nor forsake. You will always have a place here in my house. No matter how far you may roam. And when the burdens get so heavy and you cannot to do repeats but um this song's been requested and we've already sung it twice this week but this is a song i'll never get tired of singing because i don't want to ever get to the point where I, I don't quit thanking him for saving me amen this song's been requested tonight so we're going to do it again thank you for saving me I drove by the place today where the Holy Ghost in his own way showed me in my heart that I was lost. I remember how I felt that night, wondering if I died where my soul would be. And 
what would be the cost. I got down on my knees and there I prayed. And with a thankful heart, I just want to say thank you for saving me. I want to thank you for giving me eternal life that I could only find through the blood that you shed on Calvary. I want to thank you for all you've done for giving your only son to break the chains of sin and set this sinner free. Thank you for saving me. It feels like yesterday <laughs> It's a feeling that I can't explain If you've been there, I know you feel the same So lift your hands up to the one Who's worthy of all praise Thank you for saving me I want to thank you for giving me Eternal life that I blood that you shed on Calvary. I want to thank you for all you've done, for giving your only son to break the chains of sin and set this sinner free. Thank you for saving me. storms of 
so bright because I said so mm -hmm. because I 
said so. The ocean only comes so far till it has to stop. The mountains only rise so high till they reach the top because I said so. Because I said so Because I said so You have eternal life Because, because I said so You'll soon be free from strife You're forgiven, you're free And you're alive And it's not because of anything He said or died the mighty Red Sea but they crossed over on dry ground happy and free because I said so mm, because I said so they crucified and killed my son laid him in a grave thought they had him but he died up on
You're always fearful of that, you know. You preach the wrong thing. I've done it. I mean, it's been rolling along just a clicking real good, and I get up the street and say, Miss, wasn't it? It wasn't the Word of God. Yeah. It's just that it wasn't, it just wasn't the message for the night. I think now I'm on there, Josh. So this is where Psalm 68, verse number one. This is uh, everything that's been said tonight. Brother Todd had no idea in the prayer room tonight, and he told us about the brother whom the doctor said, do you have a church family? Your church family needs to come and see you. They get up and sing about the family. Right off the bat, the first two songs, something about the family. You're talking about a family member in a bad way with burned bridges, but now with hope. I'm preaching tonight out of verse 6. God sitteth the solitary in families. Verse number 1 of Psalm 68. If you found it, shout amen. amen. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God sinneth the solitary in families. Father, I love you and I thank you for what you've done tonight. God, I thank you for the families that are gathered here. I thank you, Lord, how you, what you've done. Well, bless your name forever. I thank you for what you're going to do. Oh, God, it's the tip of the iceberg. There's better things to come. Lord, we're going in at the little end of the funnel, and we're coming out, Lord, at the large opening. The blessing of God upon us. Now fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me inside the bounds of the book. God, fill my heart and my mind with what we've read today and studied. And I pray you feed your people. If there be one here tonight, solitary, I pray, God, you put them in the family. I'm praying what's done here, God, would encourage the child of God. It sure encouraged me today, Lord. I thank you for it in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. It's a little different message. This is more in line with a David Crow message tonight. Y'all know David, Brother David? Quickly down through these verses, let God arise. You're going to find that. That's what the, that was the cry as the Ark of the Covenant went before the children of Israel. Let God arise. They picked that Ark up and they would take off a pillar of cloud would be moving. They'd be following it. Let God arise. Uh, hey, look here. In verse number two, though, as the smoke driveth away, it, 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 you know what smoke is? Smoke has no, uh, no power over you at all. And it might irritate you a little, but smoke can't do anything to you. Smoke, smoke blurs our vision. 
drives it away, they says. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I have been criticized about the shouting and the, and the, and the worship and the way we do it. Listen, I didn't ask anybody to worship like I do. I didn't tell them they had to do it. I'm telling them if they follow the word of God, they'll do it. And I'm about to prove it right here. That word rejoice means to jump up and down. Right there it is in the Bible. Rejoice. Look it up for yourself. It means to jump up. You're okay, Joe. Singing to God praises. Sing praises to his name. We've heard that tonight. You know why it stirs you in your soul when these folks sing? Because they, they're not singing for you. I've got to interject this real quick before I tell my, give my message tonight. I was, in a, I was in a church somewhere, I'll not tell where, but it, it was, it, they were awful. They were, the, they were the, the, the guitar player had one chord, he knew G. And I know a little bit about music, not a lot, but a little bit. And the song we were singing was in B flat. And so the piano player started in B flat and the guitar player stayed in G the whole time. And the drummer didn't know anything but praise him on the high cymbal. The bass player, hey, Brother John, the bass player knew this. He knew how to walk a bass. He didn't care what key he was in, but he knew how to walk it. Boom, 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 And I'm sitting on the front row. My associate pastor's beside me. Yeah. And I said to myself, this is a train wreck. And these people are shouting all over the building. And the Lord said, they're not singing for you. I said, play that G chord, son. Wear that thing out. Hey, beat that guitar to dance. Do it for the glory of God. I learned that night what a joyful noise was. There is such a thing. But we're tuned in. We don't even like, listen, we don't even like records anymore because they pop. I don't have a player, but anyway, everything's a flash drive. Singing to the Lord. The father to the fatherless. The judge, the widows. That, now that's, that word judge there doesn't mean, doesn't mean what we think it does, that he's going to hold them and, and, and hold them accountable to some law. It means advocate. It means one that's going to help them. I spoke of him last night. Now, for time's sake, I'm shortening this up, but I, I, I've got to tell this story because God blessed me with it today, and he's going to bless you with it. Now, God said it for solitary in families. Now, I know what you're thinking. Everyone in this room tonight has got a father. You may have never known him, but you had one. 
And I'm going on record right here. I hope this is on Facebook, CD, down through the ages, 40 years from now, they'll play this, maybe if time tarry. But watch this. It still takes a man and a woman to have a baby. Anything else is out of order according to the Word of God. So you're not politically correct. You got that right. You can't be politically correct and stay in the Word of God. Listen, God doesn't care about my opinion. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is a ways of... That's not my message. But everybody had a father. But here's the way it is. We didn't start out. Now, we all had a natural father. So well, why are we fathers? Because spiritually, listen, spiritually, we all began as orphans. Listen, you get into this family by being born into this family, brother. If you've never been born again, you're not in the family of God. Church houses are setting full of people that are lost. Listen, you can't get anything done with a bunch of lost people. All a goat wants to do is but this and but that. Hey, we would do this, but. I would do that, but. But you know what a sheep does? A sheep hears my voice. I know them and they follow me. <laughs> we all began as spiritual orphans. You must be born, Brother Joe Floyd, into this family of God. And that grace, man, y'all singing the right songs. Tonight we're all on the same page. And that grace comes where sin did abound. Grace did what? Much more about Listen, I wasn't running, chasing after God. No, he came looking for me. I weren't looking for him. I got exposed to the word of God then, and he come, praise God, he come where I was. You still with me? So we all began as spiritual orphans. God setteth a solitary. This is a messianic psalm right here. This is Jesus, by the way. He put him in a family, a man. He was God. And he became man. <laughs> he became like me so I could be like him. That's what he done. So here he is. But, but it also is applicable to us because here we are without God. Dead and trespassing sin. Right. Without a spiritual father. No, we had a natural father. Without a spiritual father. So, but my baby, now listen, if babies die before they come to the understanding or the knowledge of good and evil, there's no doubt according to scripture they go to be at the Lord. That's why in these unbelieving nations when the bomb falls and it kills countless children, don't be too tore up about it. God just took them home with him. 
Whereas if they are raised in an idolatrous home and atmosphere, the chance of them after the age of 12 is slim to none of meeting the Lord Jesus. The Bible said they come forth from the womb speaking lies, though there comes a time when you have to know that you're lost and that he's the Savior. And Jesus said, ye must be born again. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm trying to go on. In 1897, there's a family living in Russia. They're poor migrant farmers. I'm talking about the solitarian families. They're poor migrant farmers. They're orthodox in their religion. The priest that would come and visit them at their home was a jolly fella and he liked to drink wine. Typical for the orthodox of that day. But the crops failed for about three or four years in a row. And when the crops failed, they, that was their sole uh, uh, survival. If the crop wasn't there, they didn't live. They didn't eat. They had nothing. The crops failed. Stay with me. This will help you in a minute. The crops failed. And so they were forced. Their father, who was one of the most respected men in the village, was sent on a three-month journey. He found some places in Siberia where the, where the soil was fertile and the, and, the, and the crops were growing. And so he told his family, said, we're going to sell everything we've got and we're going to move out. It's going to be a long train ride. It's going to take us several weeks to get there. But we've got a place where we can settle. We'll pitch tents. We'll do what I have to do. We'll set it up. We'll grow the crops and we'll start our life there in another land. God said of the solitary in families. So they load up. They sell everything they got, Brother Clint. They load up on the, on the train. The trains weren't like they are in our day and in past years where you pull into a station, the next train come up, you got on the train. No, when they got there, the train wouldn't come maybe for three or four days. And so they were forced to stay at the train station, sleep on the floor. They're living on dried fish and unboiled water. And about the third leg into the journey, the daddy contracts cholera. No medication. You know what that means. So they had the place that they call the barracks. They come and they get the, the, the daddy gets so ill that they come to the train station and they carry him off. And the mama and the children following, they go to the barracks, they slam the door behind them. It's a place of it where people are, are, are terribly ill and they won't let anyone else in there. And the father goes in. And they know that if you go in there, you don't come out walking. You're carried. Now the children are this. Pasha is the boy's name. He's eight years old. Shura is the little girl. She's ten. Daddy's got cholera. He's inside the barracks. They've got him locked up. And before... And before they could even get to see him, mama comes down with it too. So they come and get the mother. The children follow them to the barracks, weeping and crying. Don't take mama too. We want to go in with them. You can't go in. They slammed the door. The mom and dad are in there. They said, your daddy's dead. And said, no doubt, your mama won't live through the night. The children are peeping through the door. 
the, the bars and through the windows of the, what was called the barracks, trying to just get a glimpse of their mother, begging, beating on the door. Let us in. We'll go in. We have no one else. What are we going to do? We'll die with our mother. Daddy's already dead. You know what happened? The next day they come and run them off. Your mama's dead. Go away. God set up a solitary in families. Here we have a 10-year-old girl and an 8-year-old boy, and they're weeping. They're beating on the door. They want in. They said, we're going to carry them out and bury them. It gets dark. They go to a place called the fences, the snow fences. It's where the snow's piled up. And when the mother had gotten carried off, they'd left what meager belongings they had, what few pennies they had, and what little food they had. They left them up against the snow fence. And when they get back to the place, guess what? It's gone. Now we have no more clothing. We have no father. We have no mother. We got an eight-year-old boy and a ten-year-old girl. And the little boy hears the train coming. And here's what he says. Sure Let's throw ourselves before the train. The train will crush us. We'll die like mom and dad. We have nothing to live for. He's pulling on his sister. The train's coming. The train's getting close by. She wrestles him to the ground. The train runs by. He falls on the ground prostrate and weeps like a little child. And his sister gathers him up in her arms. Leans him up against the snow fence. And he's crying uncontrollably. And she says, she says, Pasha said, surely God will not forsake us. The morning breaks. It's another day. What are they going to do? They go to the graveyard where the parents have been buried in a mass grave with, with, uh, with a multitude of bodies thrown in it from the sick. And the, the guy tells him, said, well, how can I know? I don't know where your parents are. They're in one of these graves. It'll do you no good. There's 10 or 20 people in these graves. They're weeping uncontrollably. They don't know what else to do. They go back to the snow fences. Stay with me. God put us the solitary in families. They go back to the snow fence, and they're there huddled up, and said a guard, a rough-speaking guard, comes up to them, a man in a uniform, said, hey, who are you with? They were so scared that they couldn't say anything. They couldn't speak. They took them off to a place, to an orphanage. It was a, it was a place where it was like DCS in modern day term. And they took the little boy one way. They put his sister on a train and sent her another way. They brought him into an orphanage with 300 children, all boys, all men. Some been there a while. They knew how to survive. He's the new kid. He's getting picked on. It's rough for Pasha. Pasha. Pasha decides after eating their boiled fish soup and their rough bread that he's going to escape this place. He's tired of getting picked on. He climbs over the fence and runs off in the night into the forest. Stay with me. God set up the solitary in families. 
Hush is in this place. Now he's in the woods. He runs until his legs won't carry him anymore. And he finds a big old tree. And he falls down at the base of the tree and falls asleep. The next morning the sun wakes, wakes him up, beaming on his face. He dares not go outside the forest. So he continues the journey on. And now he's hungry. He's about three days in. He hasn't eaten anything. And the last thing he had was boiled fish soup. He's exhausted. He finds another place to sleep. He begins to sleep under this place. And he's awakened by some guy smacking him on the face. Said, hey, you, wake up. The fellow looked at him and said, how did you get here? He said, there are three heavily armed men. He's afraid to speak. He said, speak, boy. We're not going to hurt you. How did you get here? And he tells them the story about his escape. They said, you're the kind of boy we can use. We'll take you with us. He said he had no way to argue, nothing. And there was no def- he was defenseless. He just goes with them. One of them gets him by the hand. They walk through the woods. There's some horses tied up. They sling him on the horse. One of them gr- jumps up behind him, and they ride off, and they ride for most of the day. And they come into this place, and here's a band of robbers. And they said, you're the kind of boy we can use. Anyone that can escape from an orphanage and and run out through the woods and not be afraid and stay out there on his own without anything to eat, we can use you. He said when he got into the place, he was amazed at the loot that they had there and the food that they had and what these guys done, they they stole from anybody that come by. They said for a 75-mile radius, people lived in fear from the band of robbers. This kid was real good at what he does. And when they saw him, he was so dirty and greasy that that's what they called him. They said, we're going to call you Greasy the Robber. From that time on, eight years of his life inside that forest, robbing and stealing, said it got so he had forgotten what his mama had told him, that stealing was wrong in the past. Those days had disappeared. Hey, now it was get what you could and enjoy it while you had it. Hey, he's taking whatever he can get and they're robbing people, pilferaging, and it's a, he loves it. It goes on for eight years, Joe. Stay with me. You know what God does? Set up the solitary in families. Here he is. Brother Casey's being fed well and, and all these things. And so he he is so good and clever at what he does that he becomes the right-hand man to the leader. He's only 16 years old. Brother Daniel, they're out there. One day they're out in the forest, and here comes two guys, and they run them down. And said the fellows, they stripped them from their horses and said the fellows fell on the ground and began to beg for their lives to no avail. They killed them right there. As they're going through the, 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 the loot that they've taken off these two, these two dead men, they take their clothes, their boots, they just strip them, leave them laying in the woods. When he opens one of the bags, I'm talking about God set up the solitary in families. If you'll stay with me, don't go to sleep yet. When he's digging in one of the bags, he finds some utensils and he comes across two little books. One book says a life of faith. The other book says New Testament. The guys that's with him said, hey, bring the utensils.
looks away and one of them says this, no, we'll keep them. It'll make good rolling paper for our cigarettes. They ride off and according to what the book said, the, the, the take of the money of those guys in that day when this thing, when they robbed them back in the late 1800s, early around 1899, they, they got about 12 cents off of them. So they're out in the woods. Time is ticking on. There's nothing to do one day. Pasha gets the book out. He doesn't know what this book is. He just flips it open. And here's where it falls. As it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They all, they are all gone out of the way and they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. He couldn't quit thinking about that. He's just done this. It's just been a day or two. And he has literally shed the blood of these men that carried this book. He turns another page. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of their selves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. And those words wouldn't leave him. The next morning, Brother John, when he wakes up, his comrades come by and little Greasy's not so jolly anymore. What's wrong with you? He wouldn't say. He wasn't up for a pilferage or a robbery. All he could do was sit with his head down and he kept hearing them words. They're swift to shed blood. And the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Brother, he's wondering what he's going to do. What am I going to do? The guy said, Where, what has happened to you? He said, I'll tell you what I've done. He said, I read that book. I didn't read it all, but I read some. And it's done something to me. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Glory to God. I'm glad it is written. Hey, the devil can't do anything with something written down. Glory to my God. I'm glad it's forever settled in heaven. Nobody can do anything with it. There's that blessed word of God, and he has heard the word. He's heard the word of God. And you know what it's done? It's beginning to work on his heart. You know what the word of God does? It'll find you where you are. The Holy Ghost will come, put it up on you. The next thing you know, it'll begin to work on your heart. One of them guys said, read that book to us. 
He said, I will. He began to read the book to them. One of them said, you need to take that thing out and burn it. I don't like what it says. It's impossible, but that offense is a come. That book's going to offend some folk. When you're dead in trespass and sin, it is offensive to you. Here he is. Here he is. He's reading it to them. And one of the young guys, George was his name, within the group. He said this, I remember that book. When I was a boy, we went to Sunday school and they read that book and we sang songs and then people prayed. I remember that book. Come on, man. Come on, preacher. I remember the book, Brother Bobby. Where would we be without the blessed word of God? He said they're reading that book, said one of them starts to cry and they begin to weep and said, they, they noticed that, that Paul and George or Pasha and George, they, they've fallen down, they begin to cry, said they've, they've prayed with tears because of the reading of that book. There's about seven of them get saved. The Holy Ghost comes by, they get saved out there in the middle of the woods, they don't have a preacher, they don't have a teacher. They don't have nothing but to have what they need. You know what to have? The book. You know what God does with the book? He setteth the solitary in families. Here's a boy all on his own. Everybody's dead. The sister's gone. He falls in amongst a bunch of robbers. But blessed be the God of heaven. He sends the word of God by. And somehow, some way, that... Boy, that little sister's message from years ago, God, that grace <laughs> yeah. that comes from every direction, oh, found him out there in the woods. Yeah. Glory to God, isn't it good? Yeah. They said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He said, we've got to go to the nearest law enforcement and turn ourselves in. Well, not all of them got saved. So the bunch that didn't get saved in said, I don't think we're up for that. We'll see you later. Stay with me. They load up their weapons. They start toward the nearest town. They walk into the town. It creates a stir. Here comes seven armed, heavily armed men into the town, and they're wearing all this bright apparel they've stole from these people. They look like something from Holly Weird out there walking down the street. They're all wound up. Here they are, and the guys come running out and said, what does he want? said, we're looking for the district attorney. They said, he's in that big house right up there. Go talk to him. Said, when we got up there, when they got up there, said they said, uh, what do you men want? They said, we need to see the district attorney. They said, well, he's busy. He said, it's very important. They said, we'll go get him. Said, when they went and got him, Casey, here's what they done. Said, the guy come out and said, now in the woods, before there's, there's all in agreement. We're going to turn ourselves in. The spirit of God's up on them, and they're going to turn themselves in. But when they get there, and they stand, and they face the law. They get very nervous. They say, we're going to let Pasha do the talking. They said, what do you want? He said, we are robbers. And we have met the Lord. And we are here to turn ourselves in. And they all threw their guns down in the floor. Said the district attorney stepped back and looked and said, there's never anything happened like this before. 
said, you could have just went away. He said, no, we couldn't. We've got to face the consequence. We've been robbers and killers, and we've got to face the consequence. Here's our weapons. We're turning ourselves in. They call the, they call the local sheriff. He comes in. He said, well, who's these guys? They're thieves and robbers and killers, and they've turned themselves in. He said, nobody turns herself in. He said, these guys have. He said, why they turn themselves in? They said they read a book. Come on, yeah. He said, what kind of book makes a bunch of thieves and robbers come turn themselves in? <laughs> He said at the solitary families, you stay with me. This is going to help you, I promise. This DA is so overwhelmed by this, he cannot comprehend. He just can't put it together. And so he tells the sheriff, the sheriff takes them, they lock them up singularly. But in the meantime, while they're locked up, they're leading people to the Lord. said everyone that they came in contact with and they told their story, some always believed. Because nobody done this. Said the DA gets home, tells his wife, said, look, we had seven armed men come in, turn themselves in today. I've never seen anything like it. Said these men are thieves and robbers and killers, and they've turned themselves in, and they've done it because they read a book. She said, what book did they read? He said, it's that New Testament. He says, I must read that book. She said, I've got one. I've read it. It didn't do that to me. He said, well, I'm going to read it because it done it to them. And he searched through their library and found the New Testament. And here's what he come up on. <laughs> Where if the corn, wheat fall in the ground, it must die. That kind of blew him away. He didn't know what that meant. But he come on down in John chapter 12 and said he read this. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. He said he'd never heard that in his life, and all of a sudden, it was like a warm glow come upon him. He said, what can that mean? And then he said, on down in the chapter, he said, the word that I spoke unto you will judge you, and he knew something about judgments, and when he read that, he couldn't go to sleep. Before the day comes, this guy's falling down. He's called upon the name of the Lord. He's gloriously saved. Tells his wife, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> You're the DA. You can't quit. I've quit. A year later, these boys are standing before another judge, and guess who their attorney is? Yeah. 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 Come on. The former DA. He's standing there on their behalf. He says this. These men came of their own accord. They've been leading people to the Lord inside the jails. They, you ought to hear their story. And it's all because of this book. They're not going to cause you any trouble. I think you ought to let them go. They said no. They admitted they were guilty. And the law said they got to be judged. They send them to ten, sentence them to 10 years hard labor. And they leave rejoicing in their heart. They should have been hanged. I should have been killed. Should have killed me. Glory to God. But one stood in on my behalf. He said he's confessed that he's guilty. And the law says that he must die. 
but I fulfill the law. <laughs> and if the Son you're free indeed. They're doing 10 years in the pen. I'm winding down. This is coming close to the end. Stay with me. 10 years in the pen is their sentence. And everywhere they go, someone has an ear for their story. And Pasha and George, he calls himself Paul when he gets out of prison. I, I don't think that's coincidence. And they're in there. And even the guards are saved. The prisoners are saved. And all they're doing is giving them that testimony of what God done for them out in the middle of the woods when they were robbers and murderers. Something happens nationally. They didn't describe what it was in the book. And so they decided that they were going to pardon a bunch of prisoners, and guess who made the list? Paul and George. Paul and George get out of the pen and they, they say, no, what do we do now? They decide they're going to try to make their way back to their homeland where they come from. It's quite a journey. But we're just going to tell people what's happened to us along the way. So they come one Sunday into a congregation of people and when they walked up they said, we are believers, stay with me. And they said, we'll hear a word from you. They gave their testimony and said a multitude of people were saved. Now they're walking where they're going. They're going along and begging bread and asking for something to eat. They're coming close, staying close to the railroad track in case they might catch a ride or a train. And they come into this little village and they ask the man who were out near the train track, said, are there any believers in this town? Stay with me right here. They said, there is. There is some believers in this town. Or in this village, oh yeah, said, you see that house up there? Said, up above the railroad track. Said, those folks right there. Said, they're believers. No, Paul said, let's go. They walk up and said, there's two kids playing out in the yard. There's a woman working in the field and her husband's over in the garden. Go ahead, preacher. <laughs> says, says, would you take two strangers in? We are believers. We're Sundays. We're believers. She said, there's always room. There's always room for believers at our house. Said they come in and they're starting to tell their story. And the woman's interrupted. Said she put a, a teapot on and before the pot had boiled, she had milked two cows, laid out a table, had the table spread, the tea begins to, the water begins to boil, she's ready to set the tea, the husband comes in, they sit down at the table, said they've never seen anything like it in his life, he's never sat down at a table like this, said there's a big white tablecloth spread, and that's all they can eat, sitting on that table, and George and Paul hadn't seen anything like this. Now, they've eaten the woods, but they've not sat at a table. So they begin to eat and said to the man of the house, said, to, hey, said, we know you've been in prison and, and you've been saved and, and, and you're a believer and all this, but said, where are you going? He said, we're trying to find our, our boyhood village. He said, well, where would that be? I'm going to use a word it's hard to pronounce. They said, Paul said, 
It's a little village named Saligo. And the woman stopped. She said, now where did you come from? He said, you won't know. He said, my mama's dead and my daddy's dead and I was orphaned. My sister was taken away. I don't know that she's even alive today. But said, I, I've been on my own and I've been a thief and I've been a robber. But I met the Lord. And so we're trying to get back to the little village to see if we got any kinsmen still alive. She said, can you tell me your name? He said, my name is Pasha. And the girl jumped up over the table and looked him right in the face and said, I'm sure I'm sure He said, no. Oh, glory. Some of that rejoicing went on around the house of God. Hey, I'm your sister. You know what? I got to thinking one of these days I'm going to step off into a place. There's going to be a table spread. And some of them I've been looking for for a long time are going to speak. We made it. He said it's the solitary and families. There are no orphans. There's that tally girl sings that, isn't there? In God's house. The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his hand. They all forsook him and fled. He hung on that cross and even said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know why he done it? For your sake, my friend. That's why he done it. He done it for our sake. And you know what he done then? He signed the adoption paper. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hey, and the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's who I am. I'm in the right family. And I'll be born in this family. Y'all be born in this family. Brother Stephen, y'all come on. Are you in the family? Do you feel like you're all alone? You've been abandoned? Hey, listen. There's somebody watching you. And somebody wants you. He died for you. He died so you could get in the family. He wants you in the family. God take us to solitary. That boy that's out there in that place, what a coincidence you told that. There he was a boy, wasn't he, young man? There he is out in that place. And no doubt, I'm telling you, it looked like every bridge was burned and everything was gone. But glory to God, the Holy One of Heaven come by. Said, I'll take you. I'll put you back in the family. Stand to your feet. They're going to sing something. You might need to pray tonight. You might want to thank him for being in the family.
you might want to get in yourself. Because listen, friends, you won't accidentally make it to heaven. Amen. <laughs> Only the family's going to the redeemer. Yeah. Right.
song. Let's just finish up tonight worshiping the Lord in the way that you want to worship him tonight. Amen. Many years ago, I gave up on Jesus. I told him I'd had enough. I threw in the towel. Cause I had my doubts that he ever loved me so much. So I've come here tonight because someone asked me to try him just one more time. And little did I know this friend I had forsaken would be sitting on the same pew as mine. He didn't Say you're sorry for giving up on me. I just felt his tender embrace. He said, remember all the times you were down in the valley. I covered you with my grace. It was then I recalled the times of my struggles. It was God who had carried me. Lord, I'm so sorry if you'll please forgive me. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pick up my time. I'm gonna go one more round. I have someone in my corner. Oh! 